Hello, sexy nerds of the Nerd Imperium. Welcome to this week's episode of the Currently Nerdy Podcast. We are your inner conclave of nerdum. My name is Diz, and I am your pop culture and sports nerd. Ali? Uh, I am and a Leo Classic nerd. nerd. Yo, Ali, I know uh, you you were like super tuned in on this on Saturday. Um, your boy, Logan Paul, was fighting KSI. Yeah, definitely. And did. I know, I, definitely I, I know you, you, uh, you paid for DAZN. D A Z N. I when I first read that, I thought it was called Dazen, and then I found out mm. it's actually called Dazone. Mm. I don't know how you get Dazone from that, but dude, you know they were guaranteed a minimum of nine hundred thousand dollars, even like Jesus. before the ticket sales and all the other shit that went out. Like, the, but without their cut of the gate, without like their streaming, I, I don't know how they. So they both probably make a, a cool couple million. Yeah, easily. So it's like. Because you get a percentage of the gate, you get a they, they don't have pay per view points because it's a streaming service, um, but they do get some points based on like how many new subscribers came on and like how many people actually watched the event. So they'll yeah they probably easily made like five to six mil maybe I want to guess I'll I'll look that number up later because I don't think the actual number is out yet. But um, if I had to guess five to six million dollars, which is insane. You know how much um a fighter like in the main event. Of the UFC makes, mm. like let's say like you're uh, you're just headlining a regular UFC um, pay per view that's not getting a lot of notoriety and stuff. You'll make maybe like a, a couple hundred thousand. Like oh if you're a big fighter, maybe seven figures. Um, but like it's not much. So like the the guys who fought a few weeks ago, Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz, I think they each made like six to seven million dollars. But it was arguably the biggest fight of the year. There were like more people paid for that pay-per-view they did it in madison square garden so they got a percentage of the gate there um and those are two of like the top guys in the ufc whereas ksi and logan paul aren't professional fighters which one is logan paul is this the older brother or the younger brother? what was the other brother's yeah. name jacob paul john, john paul. paul was a pope jake yeah. paul that's what it was <laughs> i know who john paul is uh. That you can no, really. you can reliably count yeah, on me to recall the name of Pope. Pontificus Maximus. <laughs> the they, you, they, YouTube people less so. Yeah, I think uh, I think Logan's the older one, Jake's the younger one, and then KSI is famous from like playing fucking FIFA. I know who K- I know yeah, who KSI. He's from the UK, is. He's from the UK yeah, isn't he? I'm familiar like he's, with him. He's English. Yeah, yeah, he's from the UK. Yeah. He's he was one of the kind of early big youtube gamers yeah. known predominantly mm-hmm. for fifa but i d- i didn't know i don't know why there's a connection i think it's just internet personalities that kind of talking shit to each other but i think it was more so that they saw a business opportunity they just kind of jumped on it you know through that shit talking yeah but well, I, had you know it's like something, it, it, right? i i'm always a little bit suspicious of that type of stuff right because they understand that that type of controversy kind of mm. creates money making uh you know my money making opportunities and you know i just just for context you know you said ksi and logan paul made 900k each the guy who was defending his title devin haney made a million the guy who fought alfredo santiago only made 90k so in other words these amateurs are being given more 10 times the challenger of devin haney's belt and a, a percentage of this of the uh, you know uh, the subscriptions or sales brought in as well on top of that. So you know, all I all I know is that there was some guy who streamed the entire thing 
with his sunglasses on so that people could watch it through his sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys heard about this? No. It was quite brilliant. He, he was watching the entire thing with sunglasses on so people could stream through his sunglasses. Yeah, dude. Um, I love to steal the like, fight, hey, man. Why the hell not? Fuck this you know, system. honestly. But it... It's it's so it's crazy to me, right? Because like uh, before we started recording, I was, we were, V and I were talking about this, and he brought up Kimbo Ferguson, right? Or Kimbo Slice, Kevin Ferguson, Kimbo Slice. So like, Ali, do you know who Kimbo Slice is? Mm, he's a wrestler of some sort, right? No, so Kimbo Slice was that the big bald guy, big beard. He like got famous. Oh, yeah, for, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. So like, you're someone who like doesn't watch fighting, right? So like, there's very few. MMA fighters, like if I name, you'll know, you know, but yeah, like Kimbo, Sli- Kimbo Slice is a guy that you remember and you remember him because he got famous back in like the mid to late uh, 2000s. Right? He never won anything particularly, did he? Because um, he, he, he did those, he did those street fights and he, he fought, like looked really good against what? a bunch of, you know, kind of sloppy looking guys in backyards, but then they put uh, him in a situation okay. where he had to fight professionally. He didn't look nearly as good. I mean, he he won fights and stuff. Like he won fights against professionals. So, Kimbo Slice used that the virality of his uh, video, right, and became a multi-millionaire. He got signed to the UFC. He uh, towards the end of his life, he was signed with Bellator. Like I have a fucking Kimbo Slice bobblehead in my room right so now. So he's like, one of the first people to leverage viral media into a yeah, career, into like a, career, a fighting right? career. Yeah. So like. He literally CBS, which is a major fucking TV network, signed um, a fighting organization called Elite XC, mm. based be only based on the fact that they had Kimbo signed to their organization. They were like the first, um, they were the first MMA organization to be on primetime network television. That mm. was a big deal. So like the UFC like was on TV, but they were fighting on like. Um, Spike TV or whatever. Yeah, like, I remember that. You know, so they were on Spike and like that's cable. Like, and it's a lot of people didn't have Spike, but CBS is one of the, like the five channels that you get with the fucking the rabbit ear antennas. And like, so they, they generated multi millions of dollars because of Kimbo Slice. When Kimbo lost his first fight, when, when he lost a fight with the Elite XC, the, the organization went under. Like here's a, here's a question I have for you guys though. It's like so Kimbo Slice leverages the thing into an actual career though, right? So like mm-hmm. as much as he comes out of that same viral world, the the viral marketing and whatnot, he eventually goes on to become a fighter. Correct. In the case of KSI and and Logan Paul, no, uh, neither not. of them are yeah. leveraging this into a career, right? They're 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 putting they're doing this boxing match as a one off kind of you know thing. How does that make you feel as people who actually watch professional fighting that at the end of the day, these people are one, making as much money as the people you look up to or you like or, or whatnot, the professionals that you, you, you're you interested in. Uh, and two, that yeah. the industry kind of allows this. That you know, On one instance, you have the industry that really emphasizes this thing like, oh, look at the UFC or look at the – the boxing look at it like they they emphasize these as mm. official organizations of some sort right mm-hmm. uh, and then you have these two randos like- but so so i liken it to um to the days of pride fc which is a japanese organization I don't know what that is so it's it was called pride fighting championships they're based out of japan they um they were big because they had a lot of good fighters right so they had a lot of the best fighters in the world at the time but they also did freak show fights 
they have like Hong Man Choi, who is like this seven foot tall Korean guy, right? And he fought Jose Canseco, who was this steroided former baseball player. See, right? the only thing the only thing about that though is that those fights are exploitative in the other way. What do you mean? So they're exploitative of the people who are participating in that. Uh-huh. Like mm-hmm. the old school freak shows are, right? Yeah. They take people who are anomalies, who have disabilities, or strange or unusual or whatnot, uh, uh, marginalized more often than not, or down on their luck, and exploits them. That's what it is. It's, yeah. it's kind of horrific, mm-hmm. uh, step right up bullshit. Yeah. This seems to be exploitative in the opposite direction. It's oh, yeah, pull yeah, wool over the eyes of the consumer. It's a consensual. It's done willingly. Like we're not victims here, yeah. but the exploitation is done in the opposite direction. But, I mean, uh, V, you're you're in this world more than Diz and I are. So, like, what do you? What is your like? How do you? When you see something like this, and I, mean, I know you don't do boxing, but you do UFC, right? And you work and you've trained with people who who pride themselves on being professionals as much as i may not have high regard for it there is a level of professionalism whatever that means right so you look at people actually work for this like no one jumps into the cage i mean they they train when you look at something like this what does it make you feel do you look at it and go oh fuck this is like it's exposed the the ugly reality i think that's one of those just one of those excuse me Uh, i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off i I, honestly like no, no, I've been training. On. I just started training up again, like this past month. Started doing Thai boxing again at a gym. I trained for a long time, you know, in my early twenties. And I there came a realization a long time ago. Like I, I love this stuff. I watch it. I follow the fighters. I know, you know, I know quite a bit about it all. But I don't really make, you know, I'm not delusional about what it is at the end of the day. You know, it's it's two guys crawling into a cage and wailing on each other while drunk people sit there and drink their Bud Lights and act as if somehow they're a proxy to how tough an, another person can be inside of this ring. Right. It's, it's spectacle at the end. You know, it's, I don't think it's right. You know, uh, yeah, it, it sucks because I know people who, who rely on this as their livelihood and they go through infinitely more hard, infinite more hardship for a lot less money. And I, I feel, I feel bad, yeah. but you know, I, I realized a long time ago that, you know, the, the blood and circ, you know, what is it? The bread and circus thing in the Romans, right? Like this is, this is simply what it is. It's simply just the yeah. way it's built. It's the system. It's not, it has nothing yeah. to do with, you know, like being a, you know, you can be the greatest fighter in the world. If you don't draw a dime, if no one comes to watch you, then no one gives a fuck. Like, it's just the way it is, you know? Yeah, this is, this is kind of a. To a certain extent, I look at stuff like this and I go, it kind of. Oh yeah, really I mean, it's dirty. It's really, it's really. At the end all. of the day, it's a dirty, right? it's a dirty like business. Kind of, yeah. Because you think of the how how brutal the business is for people. I mean, of of all of every Conor McGregor that we find, there's oh uh, even more dozens and dozens hundreds. that don't yeah. get to that level, right? Uh, yeah. So these young guys uh, and gals who, who fight and work hard who never make it. Uh-huh. Who by the time they're thirty five have broken bodies and you know don't have any money in the bank to show for yeah. it. Absolutely, the chews them up and spits them out. Yeah. And then you have this instance where you have two guys who, for no other reason other than the fact that they have some notoriety to them, are able to enter into the a ring, make a shit yeah, ton of yeah. money as a one off, and be like, "All right, I'm done. Don't even have to think about it again." Don't have to go, or oh, we're going to do this. I'm going to have to do this in another six months or something, right? If they do, it's yeah. very willingly. There's no like, oh, I got to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. 
got to pay the bills. So there's this. So in some extent, you look at this and it really re- it reveals the nuts and bolts of, of people who are critics of this for ages. But also, like, I, I wonder, like, this is only possible because oh, yeah, it's it really sleaze. does tap into that ugly side. Of yeah. It. Right. Like, because you can talk about the arts and sportsmanship and expertise of UFC and boxing as much as you can disagree with those sports. Yeah. You could you see that it's sports, right? There's something else about this, though, right? You, you for all our the so-called sophisticated reasons that we claim to be watching this stuff, and at the end of the day, uh, an event like KSI and Logan Paul really just shows that we're oh, tuning course. in. I mean, I I will no doubt in my mind that in this situation, right? especially like if one of them, let's say one of them, for all you know, for all intents and purposes. Got, like literally they got destroyed right logan paul literally got opened up so much that you saw the fucking white meat inside of yeah. his skull right right but like if that happened right <laughs> people would be disgusted by it but i guarantee you they would have made even more money off of it like yeah you know? they'd be oh, oh yeah, yeah you yeah. know that they'd be people with google yeah. images searching that shit right or whatever people use right so i mean yeah there's a there's, a, there's it's hard for me to want stuff like this and not as you put it as i you know i've said it in the past is it not think of the coliseum not think of the circus oh, yeah, absolutely. like yeah. we're just howling I'm for the lions yeah here. i make you know i'm you know? I no qualms <laughs> it's about it. it's just simply what it is you're someone who's in that field but it is also like so like as much as we talk about these absolutely. people making that absolutely. much money they only made and that you know, much yeah. money because we tuned in Right, it's like as 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 much as like oh like how, how it's it's us we're we're partly to blame. It's not just the uh, UFC this, or the who, zone. who put the so zone. It's basically the zone. Is, they um, yeah, they yeah they're they're like their own oh, boxing, the and they also right. host Bellator and some other. It's like a fight, like a fight streaming service. But they yeah. are a formal yeah. official, they're, like organization. They're no, not, it's, it's not, not just two people. The zone is like an actual legitimate no, like organization. So the zone, it's a it's like a network. It's a streaming network, right? So it's like a ESPN Plus or a Netflix, but it's strictly oh, Jesus. Yeah, it does it does like different sports. So it'll do like uh, cricket, billiards, snooker, box. They're they're bread and butter. Wait, what's snooker? Snooker is like a different form of like billiards, um, but it's like a their bread and butter is boxing and MMA. So they sign. They have. Um, Canelo Alvarez, who's a world champion boxer. They have Deontay Wilder, um, who's another heavyweight champion boxer. They have uh, Triple G, who's Ganevi Glovkin, who's another like champion. So they have a they have a bunch of championship boxers that they've signed for like mm. multi million dollar deals. Um, like so, they'll, they'll give them like a twenty million dollar signing bonus, and then they'll give them money on top of that for their fights, right? So their bread and butter comes from from mm, fights. Yeah. That's what they're known for. Um, so they 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 helped promote the event for them. They're the promoters for it. Uh, the first time K because this is the second time KSI and uh, Jake Paul fought, right? Or Logan Paul, whatever the fuck his name is. So this is the first time they fought. The or second time, the first time they fought, they promoted it themselves. They sold their own like pay per view through it. But because they did it with the zone. They uh, made more well, money off of it this time. Well, that, I'm, this is annoying. I'm sorry. Like I, yeah. you know, I watch fighting too, but I don't like talking about these bad things, guys. All right, it's starting to hurt my soul. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> dude, it's it, it's if if you're popular, here, a celebrity, you'll make the money. Fucking Kim Kardashian, it's pretty, sex it's pretty tape much the same thing, right? It's it is insane. the same thing. Yeah. 
Isn't it? Is it? Isn't there a rumor that uh, her mom was behind that? Her her mom. Um. Yes. Like. Well, her mom. That it wasn't actually a leak. That it was like a coordinated leak. I don't know about all that. I know her mom was behind the Playboy cover, which was like one of the most popular fucking Playboy covers of all time. And then on on top of that, like she became famous because of the sex tape. You know, like it 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 netted a hundred million dollars in just sales of the sex tape. And this is as of 2017. So it's still making more money up to this date. And then now she's a, almost a fucking billionaire because but, of it. So like, I mean, to be fair, it wasn't like she was tape. poor before and all of a sudden a sex tape of someone who was working a 30 grand a year job, you know, became that. But yeah, I mean, no, yeah, she got clout because of it. But yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, but it's also because her status as her status in society already made it that way made it made it so people wanted to see her right so yeah yeah she 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 was a quasi celebrity before and then she became a massive celebrity after like she was a d-list celebrity at best prior to the sex tape and then after the sex tape she became a fucking d one arguably the biggest celebrity in the world right now like much to my chagrin kim kardashian's arguably the biggest celebrity in the world like and that's that's not me over exaggerating like that's that's facts which sucks to say but it's true it's all because she had some notoriety and then had the sex yeah yeah Yeah. well you know i don't want to talk about this anymore okay like you guys keep bringing this shit up it's pissing me off all right so much that i want to go into a cage and punch someone in the face but that's neither here nor there all right oh i'm going to but that's that's neither here nor there we'll uh, we'll get into the physical abuse of this podcast later but like you know there's on a more positive note Right. You know, we have, uh, you know, Disney Plus just premiered today, actually, is the day that we're recording. Um, I had. Yeah, I had yeah, friends, three, you know, who were literally and oddly enough, it was almost like they were waiting for the fucking Popeye's chicken sandwich where they were like, uh, you know, actually waiting for it to actually drop and download so they can start watching their favorite Disney titles. Right. And I'm not like a huge Disney guy. Right, I know that Mike Pence hates Mulan because she's Asian and she was a woman in the military and shit. But outside of that. Right. There's not a whole lot about Disney that I'm really into, per se. But but the one thing that I was all about and the flagship, apparently, for this Disney Plus is the new Star Wars vehicle, the Mandalorian. You know, and, you know, Ali, Ali, you know, more than Diz, because when we grew up, you know, I'm I was always the side character guy. Right. Like it was Bosk. Right. Bosk was my favorite because he was a Trandoshan. I figured that we were. You know, we were a, a kindred spirits because we both had. The, he was a Trandoshan, and my last name is Tran. You know, and uh, you know, apparently I'm cold blooded like a lizard man. Also, is what I've been told by people. But you know, like, so this is interesting because the Mandalorian. I mean, this is this is technically like supposed to be like a syndicated show, right? It's run by John John Favreau. Um, but man, like they brought. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you got uh, Pedro Pascal is actually playing. It's like the voice of the Mandalorian, the fucking Oberyn Martell, you know, yeah. he's a sand snake and all over yeah. the Moss Eisley cantina yeah. and shit. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 And I mean, yeah. that's, and that's the Warner a big Herzog's in it, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 That was the yeah. weird twist that everyone was just like, wait, what? I know. Right. I'm not mad at it, though. Right. Fuck I'm a big fan of words. Yeah. I'm not either, but it's not something you would have, like, if you had asked me, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 
you know, Red must be due for him or something, you know, because like, yeah, but he's getting that payday. But like, this is this is really cool because it's it takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. So it's very kind of fresh. It's interesting because I think as kids, right, we kind of identified with the original trilogy. Right. When we were in the in the 90s, we identified with that more than we identified with the with the uh, prequels. Right. And then it's almost as if we kind of started back up again from where we really thought Star Wars, you know, was was our was our time. And, you know, uh, like I said, this is, Mm. you know, kind of that tales of the bounty hunter, Moss Isaac, like tales from the Moss Isaac Cantina vibe where it's like these like side characters and this like a way to explore a universe of Mm. of multiple aliens and of, you know, of multiple kind of cultures around Star Wars that isn't surrounded by these you know like completely human-based characters right yeah it, it, there is there is something quite and i think in many ways the mandalorian is meant to keep the interest in star wars as to a certain extent yeah. the, the skywalker saga comes to an end uh and in particular to kind of address some of the waning uh interest that came out of last jedi so as much as you know they they put all their money into last jedi one of the things that ended up happening is there was a bit of a backlash towards all the sort of side yeah. uh star wars stories we saw that with Solo, yeah, was which fine. was a perfectly yeah. serviceable movie but yeah you know perfectly serviceable people just didn't tune in uh, and we saw the same kind of tension when D&D was planning to do their Star Wars and all these kind of different stories. People were kind of resistant to it. So to a certain extent, Mandalorian is meant to rekindle the interest in the expanded Star Wars universe. Uh, I want people are moving away from. I wonder from if this is going to be so kind of like of, their way of, you know, taking, you know, because in order for us to get more Star Wars as kids, we had to read the books. Right. And it, and, th- and this is their way uh-huh. of like, you know, for yeah. the modern Star Wars fan. I mean, obviously, kids should be reading, but we're not right. No kids reading. But like if this is this is their way of they kind don't. of compensating for, you know, the book stories for us. Or, you know, this is what this is what replaced it. Right. And, you know, there's yeah. also, you know, these characters are coming out of the cartoon Star Wars Rebels and everything. The key characters that people actually really like IG-11 being, you know, kind of one of the the fan favorites that kind of came out of this. It's only one episode in and people are already raving about IG-11, you know, and yeah, Tagawati is the, uh, you know, he was the rock man and now he's a fucking droid. You know, the guy, the guy can't, it can't be a human to save his life. He's a big fan of doing no, he couldn't. And he's been a vampire, I think, in another there's a um the other thing that that we saw with Disney Plus is the the release of a oh, massive yeah, yeah. amount of old favorites. So there was a the trending oh, yeah. today uh was Darkwing mm. Duck. And so you log on to Twitter and you're like, oh fuck, Darkwing Duck is trending. Yeah, what 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 happened, right? What part of our childhood must we now sacrifice oh, yeah. to the uh, altar of modern internet, right? So there's a, you just you click on it, you're like, oh, it's just on Disney Plus, and there was a lot of hype over. It. People were genuinely like, "Fuck yeah, Darkwing Duck!" Yeah. I'm so excited about. It. I mean, I'm a fan of Darkwing Duck myself. I loved it. It was one of my favorite cartoons. Arguably the best and- intro in cartoon history arguably the best intro in, in cartoon history without a doubt um and it was such a good series it was really fun and it's kind of uh even its side characters and expanded like it was really good just really hands down fascinating you know for people who 
you know, mm-hmm. grew up with the cultural icon of Batman. <laughs> Darkwing Duck somehow managed to, you know, enter into the into that cultural uh, memory and and stick around, right? You know, Batman spoofs aren't always going to fly very well, or Batman inspired stuff isn't always going to fly very well. But Darkwing Duck did quite well. But it raised a it raised a question for me that I thought, uh, you know, has been kind of bothering me about uh, Disney Plus. And that is the role of streaming. And I've mentioned this before on the podcast. Uh-huh. It's like when streaming first started, the yeah. purpose of streaming was consolidation, right? It's like, it's like you have a library and that library includes everything. So you're not going to AMC or TNT or because, you know, you're not going to different channels, which will have different themes, different kind of focuses. You're going to one service and you're getting it all. And originally it was Netflix and then kind of Hulu. And you're like, all right, one's more movie oriented, one's more TV show oriented. But there's a lot of, crossover. you know, layover, like there's like crossover. There's plenty of TV shows on Netflix and whatnot. So you're like, all right, whatever. But then Amazon's getting into the game, yeah. right? Then you got Apple TVs in the game. Yeah. Then they're starting to make their own original stuff. Yeah, all right, it's all right, it's original stuff. That's got, They've got more control over what they're making. Also happens to be a lot more corporate influence in what they're making, right? And we oh, see that yeah. the originals get cut, cut after two seasons because of an algorithm decision. All this kind of stuff. So like, oh, whatever it is. But now like everybody is coming with the streaming service. You've got ESPN streaming. You've got Disney Stream Plus. You've got Hulu. You've got Amazon. You've got Netflix. You've got all this shit. You got, you know, Apple movie, YouTube's got its own streaming service. It's already yeah, was a no. streaming service, but now they want you to pay for extra stuff. YouTube Red, which is like 10 bucks, but then they have this other thing that's like 50 bucks. I don't it's even YouTube. know what it's for. It's like YouTube. So I'll, I'll explain YouTube TV to you after. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you explain it, but the, let me just get this point. I was like, I'm sitting there going, what was the, what, how did we end up 360 right where we left mm-hmm. off? Streaming was meant to change the game. All it did was now put all of that control of original content into the hands of a handful of corporations, but we're right back to the channel game. I got to watch something. I'm going on Hulu. If, oh, it's not on Hulu. It's got to be on Netflix. Oh, well, I can't watch this because Netflix doesn't own it. Only Amazon owns it. So you're sitting there paying. Originally, you were paying, what, 50 bucks for cable or something like that? lucky. Say sixty bucks for cable, and, and you started off going, oh, "Well, now I'll just pay ten dollars for Am- for Amazon or ten dollars for Netflix. I don't have to worry about cable. Fuck cable." But now, if you want to watch Darkwing Duck, you got to get Disney Plus, and if you want this, you got to get Hulu. And before you realize it, you're paying ten dollars here, ten dollars. You're back to where you were originally. You're paying for cable, but it's now on your laptop. I, this is what I don't understand about it. This is what I'm not getting. Like my mind, I cannot wrap my head around how we ended up at this point. If they ever talk about capitalism being uh, efficient, just look at the fucking streaming services. We literally did a whole U-turn, a whole circle. We started at one point, went in this wonderfully interesting, weird yeah, direction, yeah. and then somehow ended in the exact same yeah. spot. So, okay. So here's the, the thing with the streaming services, right? Um like I'm someone who has all of them, all right? I have Hulu yeah. fucking plus with no ads. I pay for that shit. How much are you paying for streaming? Um, I calculated it in about 75, 80 Thanks, bucks. Diz. I appreciate that. A, a month for streaming. You're welcome. You need my Disney. My so you're basically you're paying for, you're, and, and you've got cable. cable. Yeah. So I, I pay, I pay for, um I pay for, Bro, I, I I pay for WWE Network. That's ten bucks a month. I pay for fucking Hulu. That's twenty bucks a month. I pay for Netflix. That's ten bucks a month. Jesus Disney Christ. Plus, uh, I'm getting for free. ESPN Plus, I'm paying for. 
I have HBO now and HBO Go for whatever reason. I, I got to get rid of one. Yeah, but you're none of that is telling me that you're getting no, a value. Well, to be fair, Ali, I'm, I'm getting a lot of value out of it. Because I'm using all because he gave me all of his passwords. It's true. You cheap bastard. <laughs> it's true. So, cheap so so someone like me, right? Like I should be fucking charging my friends because they're using my shit more than I am, right? Like I I barely use my stuff. You if you were if you were had it were in the racket game, if you were a uh, scammer. You'd be charging each one of your friends hey, quiet, you know, a couple you, bucks here or there and making a yeah, profit just, out of it. Just don't listen to him. No, I'm not. I'm just <laughs> saying. No. So here's the thing. I just canceled my UFC Fight Pass because I realized I was paying $10 a month for UFC Fight Pass when all the fights are on ESPN+. Plus. So I was just paying double for just to watch MMA for no reason. Um, it's crazy. But like, so YouTube TV is for people who want to cut cable but still want to watch cable TV through YouTube because YouTube signed a deal with the cable like networks so they could air their stuff on there. Um, and it lets you do DVR and shit and you could stream it on. It's basically like you're basically paying for cable again just through YouTube. You just don't you don't pay the, the cable provider for it. Um, it's a it is a racket, right? And I think they they realize that you're going to have idiots like me who pay for everything. But then there, there's other people who like I have friends who only pay for Netflix. They don't pay cable. They just pay internet and they have Netflix. That's it. Right. And I have friends. Right. And I, and I get that. And that, I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but what I am saying is that the larger picture here is that cable as it was, was a monopoly. Right. And a shitty one at that. Anyone who's ever had to deal with the cable company mm-hmm. can tell you how, how much of a problem it is when you have one company dominating a yeah. market. Right. When you don't have choice or when you have, uh, this kind of consolidation. What we seem to have moved to now is the illusion of choice. You can have Hulu or Netflix or Amazon or whatnot, but the same structure of consolidation, they own it all. And now they own it directly because they're not just platform providers, Uh right? They're not just uh, a medium, but they own things directly. This is a problem for me. Like we're headed into a way one, this has a massive impact on entertainment. In general, what gets put out there, what stories get put out there. On one hand, you're told we're told, oh, it's an opportunity for more diverse storytelling. And sure, maybe it is so. But at the same time, what is considered diverse is determined by these corporations. Well, not necessarily. Right? So they they um the the TV show When They See Us by Anna Duvray, which is was talking about the Central Park Five, mm-hmm. which is like bringing up diverse voices, and it's by a black female director, right? Is is yeah. um top 10 i think it's top five even of all the like original stream stuff on netflix yeah, but here's the question would that movie have not been made before are you saying that hollywood would no, not have picked i don't up think that so movie? it was a, so they did it as a tv series right you know who would have picked it up someone like something like the hallmark channel or something like that or lifetime nah, no. i don't think so that see that 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 is that's a, a weird sort of amnesia there hollywood picks up marginal stories all the time but which marginal stories get picked up is the key there's there's absolutely zero difference zero difference between hollywood's understanding of diversity and uh netflix or uh, these streaming channels certainly there is an, a level of destabilizing the gatekeeper meaning that there's less hurdles that one has to kind of jump mm-hmm. through but at the end of the day what we're still seeing is a group of corporations that determine what gets included and what not doesn't get included we just have a, a most overt example of Which this is? 
you bring up Anna Duver, which is great, and and I have no doubt that the, and she does brilliant work. But again, I have I don't think in any way, shape, or form that streaming is what allowed her to succeed. She's a successful writer and director already. Yeah. And she's a successful writer and director that would have been picked up by Hollywood in the same way that there are people of color in Hollywood. There's just not yeah. a lot of them, but, right? Similarly, with the with the world of Netflix and Hulu, there's you can't tell me that suddenly there's this massive introduction of people of color mm-hmm. writers because we know that the writing room is still white. We still know that when we look at even at the most diverse shows, the majority of the writers are still who? They're white people. The other thing is that we see that they are very clear in their goal. They determine what is considered diverse. They determine what is considered progressive or whatnot. Why? Because they dropped Hassan Minhaj's uh, episode on Saudi mm-hmm. Arabia. They, no, it, it, Very open. People asked them just recently, they said, why did you do this? We're not, in the, we're not in the game of speaking truth to power, they said. If they're not in the game of speaking truth to power, they sure as hell aren't in the game of diversity either. So long as it's only marketable. So long as they can make some type of Yeah, but that's going to be the case anyway. So this is, this is what I'm saying. Is like there is a, the illusion of choice and the illusion of opening up. I'm not doubting in the same way that Twitter and Instagram and whatnot have somewhat destabilized mm-hmm. gatekeepers. That's not to say that they're gone, but they have destabilized it. The people who may not have made it 100% in the in the older industries and vintage media are now making it, that there's more opportunities. No doubt about that. But at the end, the big, large picture, it's not enough of a destabilization and not enough of an opening to justify their existence. And certainly not enough to say that there's some type of radical change happening, some type of great opening that's happening. No way, shape, or form. You look at Netflix and look at what the stories that are being told, the vast majority of them. Okay, so now we're going to throw in a couple LGBTQ-friendly stories, a couple Muslim-friendly stories, a couple feminist-oriented stories. But at the end of the day, the reins of power remain in the same select few group of people, and the same mm-hmm. few corporations are calling all the yeah. shots. I don't know. I, 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 I see the good in it. Right. Like I do see how it could help people get like get their stories out in ways that they couldn't before. Yeah. And with Hollywood though. I mean Hollywood yeah. isn't all evil. There's good in Hollywood. There's beautiful stories in Hollywood. There's people who make it and get their Oscar, right? Like first timers and all that. There's always going to be good. That's not the yeah. that's not the point. The point is like all corporations will do some level, but on the whole on the whole, they're not agents of change. On the whole, they're not agents of progress. They're not agents of diversity. They're not agents of intersectionality. They're not agents of any of that stuff, no matter what they claim. Because at the end of the day, who's still calling the shots? It's a select group of people. And even now, you're sitting there going, oh, look, I can watch this on Hulu, or I can watch this on Netflix, or watch this on Disney, not realizing that you're circling between the same five companies, just like you do when you go to the grocery store, right? You look up at that market, right? This is the uh, this is the beauties of capitalism. Uh, you, you look up at that shelf, you're like, oh, man, I got 18 different types of bread and 65 different types of cereal and like 800 versions of cookies. They're all owned by the same yeah, five companies. You can have a hundred different flavors of soda. Be like, oh, look, this is appeals to my taste buds because it's got like prune yeah. juice in it Trunk or some you. shit, right? But then when you, you look closer, yeah, we just, it's the we same just got five companies that true. own it all. Yeah, that's true. That it, uh, that was um, that was brought up in the TV show, The Good Place. How like it's it's harder to be good nowadays because even when you try to be good, you're somehow like doing bad like but um whatever all that aside all your fucking marxism and hating aside okay 
I think Disney Plus is great because now I have a way where I could rewatch the stuff that I watched as a kid with like my nephews or people who have kids. Like so, my uh, my coworker has two uh, two young children. You know, they're uh, they're three and one, and or yeah, three and two. And he was telling me like how excited he is to like watch things like The Jungle Book with them, right? Like the one that he grew up watching, mm. right? Or like other TV shows and stuff that he grew up watching as a kid. Now he could, he could bring that to his kids in an, in an easy way. Right. Whereas before, cause Disney had this, um, I don't know if you guys remember like the old commercials, like when we were kids, make sure you get the little mermaid before it goes into the Disney vault for good. Right. Cause they, yeah, yeah. they only had limited releases of their movies for whatever reason. Right. That, and that was yeah, a way yeah. for people to buy it now because you're not going to be able to buy this in like a year. Um, right. But here's the thing, though, Diz. All those shows, all those TV, they're, I know, they're on but the like it's So it's no, they're there. They, all, the only thing is, like, so people were like, oh, I could finally watch this with my kids. I'm like, no, motherfucker, you've been able to watch it with your kids no, this entire time. If you Google, spend a couple of minutes Googling, you could always find literally anything. I've been, I've found, I find shit from like the 80s and the 70s, like stuff that you're, like, you wouldn't think would be mm-hmm. online. Someone's digitized no, I, it I and put that. it online. It's all there. The only difference now is that Disney no, can charge. That's you not what it. I'm talking about. It's just it makes it easier for for this stuff that that's on there now because you you don't have to go through five different websites, fucking risk your computer getting all sorts of different viruses trying to download from like some weird website from South Korea and like you're watching a video with like um fucking Aramaic subtitles for whatever reason you know because like like I streamed Joker last night like when I was at home. Like right before I went to bed, I saw like on one of the websites that I pirate movies from that they had a HD version of Joker. So I went on there and watched it. I watched it with Korean subtitles, but it was on there, you know, and it's not out on DVD yet, but I was able to watch it before it came out. It's still in theaters. But so there is ways to do it. But this makes it easier because there's a. See, you say easier. I say corporatized. There's a difference. That's the thing. Corporations always claim to make things easier. They claim to make things smoother. But at the end of the day, it's still the Internet. It's not that much harder. I mean, if I can yeah. figure it out, but anybody can figure it that out. That is true. Lee's been, stealing, Lee's been stealing fucking shit uh, for years now. I refuse to acknowledge or uh, confirm that accusation, which is clearly a slander against my upright citizen nature. That said, if I can figure it out, yeah, yeah, anybody but is it, is it, can figure it out. I'm not saying that we should all go on pirate movies. There's people who've made, you know, there's artists that go into it and writers that go into it and all, the, all these kind of people behind the scenes. I'm not saying that. I am saying, however, is like the language of how these the, the, these corporations have put forth is being co-opted and absorbed so easily. We're talking about how it makes things easier, how now we have access so that our children can This is all just it's, it's Disney PR. It's just mm. good Disney PR. Look, you and your kids can now watch Darkwing Ducks. If my lazy ass wanted to watch Darkwing Ducks with my kids, I could have yeah, done but you're it not all gonna, You're not going to find it in like good quality at time. I've found plenty of it's stuff in good quality. Yeah. I have found, I've watched the entire, I'm not, I'm not, if, I, if I was inclined to, I found the entire X-Men cartoon series in perfect quality. I've watched uh, Avatar Last Airbender. I've watched all this. Like I, I've watched plenty of series. 
if I were inclined to. This is all very hypothetical. Naturally. <laughs> all in perfectly good quality. Not even like like someone has filmed it on a camcorder. I'm talking about like, or even with subtitles. I found it without subtitles. I found them without any uh, dubbing issues. I found them without any bad quality. All of it. It's, it's available out there. It, it takes like maybe two minutes to search. You look at a couple links, but it's there. The point is that it's always existed. The difference is that Disney is aware that it has existed. And now by saying, oh, look, we're going to make it easy for you to search. They're not charging you or whatever it is. What is Disney plus? Ten bucks? Six dollars, right? So there's six dollars. You're going to charge. We're going to charge you six dollars for this. The convenience. Now, there's no denying that it's convenient. That's what technology and all these media companies have always been offering us, right? Convenience. We, We make your life easier is what they say. My question is, is it worth it? Is the, is the like, it's like, okay, it's easier than the two minutes of hassle that I've had to deal with in previous years. Is that worth the consolidation of all my media within a handful of corporations? Is that worth letting corporations now make really direct decisions on storytelling and story making and filmmaking and what gets produced and what doesn't get produced? Is it worth having these corporations who are now using their algorithms to determine what products I need, what gets sold to me, what doesn't get sold to me, that create databases based off of me? Is it worth those corporations developing tracking technologies based off of me cookies and whatnot like that that's the question and my answer is always no it isn't but you're using stuff like that bro you fucking use doordash every month sure i use doordash i don't use doordash a lot but i use doordash there's plenty of stuff that i I don't live that that critique is always fascinating to me it's like oh you live in the modern world of course did you expect me to live in a cabin i use twitter i use instagram guess what i use google there is an understanding that you're always going to come across this stuff but will you limit the harm or you willing you willingly consent to the harm is the question i'm not saying no one should get disney plus i'm not saying that go get disney plus go knock yourself out but i'm saying the, the where we're headed is a weird place and we shouldn't just head head there blindly we shouldn't just walk into this going eh, we've accepted it Listen, fucker, I'm going to bow down to my fucking overlords yes, now. You've never been particularly, I wouldn't consider you an activist or a rebel or... or. I'm, I'm going to bow down to my corporate fucking overlords because you know what? When they take over the world in 10 years, they're going to see people like you and they're going to chop your heads off. And then people like me are going to eat you for soil and green. Okay. Uh, I guess... <laughs> <laughs> it's a very uh, depressing, very depressing you outlook. Know, I'm not a... I, I'm just going to say this because, you know, I haven't talked in a while. So, you know, I was uh, I I don't know what's going on yet right now. But like, I'm going to just say that I feel like people don't think about it that way. Right. They don't really think about the consequences of putting their information in or having, you know, a service like that. And the fact that, you know, entertainment and everything is being completely shaped based around these things. Right. I feel like the more, you know, the convenience has always been a real thing. And also, you know, they want to, you know, like you said, Diz, you know, they want to be able to watch. Uh, you know, stuff that, of their childhood with their own kids, you know, and it ends up being, you know, it ends up being good and it's bad. You know, I'm I'm not saying that they're going to watch Dumbo and, you know, kids are going to have weird misconceptions about black people as a result of it, but it may happen. Right. And that's just kind of the nature of Disney streaming, I think. Right. There's things, that, you know, there's there's good and there's bad. The bad and, outweigh the good. Yeah, and, and according to Ali, you know, the bad outweighs the good and we need to eat the rich and soil and green or whatever you were talking about and shit, right? Was Diz. Oh, was that? Okay, sorry. I didn't say I, soil and green. That was Diz. Diz very openly 
admitted that he was a fascist sympathizer. It's weird because now it's like we've in this podcast alone, we've only talked about Disney and somehow somehow, you know, the uh, Ali Ali's being accused of stealing of uh, stealing, you know, streaming or stealing shows. And Diz is a uh, uh, avowed cannibal now. So fascist sympathizer. Yes. It's true. Y'all heard it here. <laughs> I'm not on record. I'm not a, he openly admitted a, that if the Nazis showed up, he would be licking their boots. Mm, what? Boot licking. That's what he said. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because okay. that's what I said. Yeah. No, I asshole. I said I'm I'm I know that they're gonna fucking take over anyway. I'm not yeah. gonna fight. Is he it. like the Stephen Miller of our podcast? Is that oh geez, I wouldn't go that far. He's okay. his hair isn't receding yet. That far. <laughs> yeah, okay. I wouldn't say that either, right? Diz, you're an upstanding human being, right? Who was that journalist who got beat up and like claimed all that other shit? The Vietnamese dude, oh, Andy Ngo or whatever, Andy Nguyen. Andy Nguyen. Andy Andy Nguyen. Nguyen. If I'm Stephen Miller, that's who you are, Jesus asshole. Jesus Christ! Let's not uh, let's not associate each other with these horrible people, bastards. I mean, I didn't even go with the same race as you, but you had decided to go and find someone—the only Vietnamese person, you know—that was a part of that whole thing. That says a lot about you, Diz. But that's neither here nor there. Okay, listen. Can you can you name a brown Trump supporter? Oh, there's plenty. Isn't there? Isn't that uh? What is, there's that one guy that you guys really hated who was running for office. It's oh, fair. That's yeah. fair. That's a fair, fair remembering there. Yeah, that uh, Omar Quadrat guy or whatever his name is. Don't give that motherfucker clout on our podcast. Well, was that, that was that was that his actual name? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was looking at Bollywood movies and looking at the cast. I just made up a name. I'm only kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm only kidding. Calm down. Okay. Listen, Diz. You you know I I I insult you right because I'm a, quite frankly I'm a little bit jealous of the life that you live. Okay, which is what because like, I'm a little I'm a little upset because, you know, I, I'm constantly see you on Instagram. You're wearing nice suits, right? You have sunglasses on when, when you know, when you shouldn't have sunglasses on, you know, inside buildings when it's kind of night out, you know, like, you know, you, you know, you, you, you vape so much that it seems like you're really enjoying yourself. You got clouds of smoke billowing all about you. Right. Yeah. People <laughs> love you. Seriously, you know, like it seems like it seems like a lot of a lot of girls you know, uh, wear hijab seem to be really big fans of you. Right. So, you know, and that's, <laughs> what the fuck did you just say? you know, like, it, and I'm just saying, because like your social media really makes me jealous because I'm sitting here eating sandwiches like an asshole. Right. And you're sitting there living the fucking life on Instagram and shit. Right. Uh. <laughs> you know, and uh, I'm like, there's I'm a context dying. to this. Yeah, like, where, where going? I don't know how he's going to transition where, where, where this context, but there's a context for why he's bringing up Instagram. Yeah. What the fuck, man? What does my Instagram have to do with this? Well, listen, okay. I, I think it's important that I bring this up, right? Because, you know, we've been talking, we've been talking about Disney and, you know, we're talking about how, uh, how Diz, you know, how I steal all of his streaming services, right? Because that's the only connection I have to the outside world is through the internet. And, you know, through Diz's Instagram, you know, I've also lived vicariously through his, you know, his bountiful life, as it were. And, uh, you know, it makes me jealous, ultimately. It makes me feel bad, right? Because I haven't done anything, you know? <laughs> Okay. So, or is it that he gets more right. likes than you? That it actually he does get more likes than me, but it's also because I have a horrible personality, right? It doesn't help either. But you know, this is uh, everything is about to change, right? Finally, us, uh, you know, us introverts finally get the upper hand against you extroverted motherfuckers out there, right? Because Instagram is testing a new system in which they hide the likes, 
right? You want to talk about the competition? They're removing the competition from the board, as it were, right? <laughs> Getting rid of likes entirely. Yeah, well, so, okay. The, okay, now, I, I went on this weird thing, right? Because uh, in actuality, I, I actually read an article today, which is interesting, where, uh, you know, this guy, Adam Mossery, who's like the head of Instagram, uh, talked about how they're testing this thing where they're trying to basically hide the likes from Instagram profiles in the U and they're going to be, they said maybe this week or next week, they're going to try to test it with a couple of us based accounts. Uh, now it's already started in like places like Canada, Brazil and Ireland and New Zealand and stuff. Right. And the idea behind it is that they want to kind of create a, what they consider to be a healthier environment. Um, basically the idea is that you can see the likes that you have, but you can't see other people's likes. So you can turn off, other people's likes and i think it's the idea is that you're supposed to kind of they're kind of removing that the ability to kind of compare i guess your Mm -hmm. pictures who gets more likes versus another person's pictures right and i think that's the intention here and uh you know his quote he actually quoted um saying we will do things that will make people use instagram less if we think it'll keep people safe uh, or generally create a healthier environment uh i think the idea being that we, we all understand on this podcast more so kind of the dangers of social media, right? We realize it's all a facade. It, mm-hmm. you know, you, you always put up, you kind of put up the most positive parts of your life on Instagram, right? You're not really showing yourself doing laundry or, you know, doing mundane things that everyone kind of does, right? You just kind of show the better parts of your life. And I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of it's, I don't think it causes depression, but I think it exasperates a lot of minds, right? A, a lot of, you know, a lot of people's kind of, uh, not not de- clinical depression, but I guess just general malaise in life, mm. right? And the idea behind this is they're taking away the likes because I guess for some people, uh, you know, like comparing likes is something that kind of is also attached to self worth, yeah. and they're trying to remove that by by doing or trying to remove that concept by removing the likes on Instagram. Yeah, but you still see the likes, your own likes. You see your own likes. You don't see other people's likes, though. But you're still quantifying yeah. the value of your photo. You're just not comparing it. I, I, I get what they're saying here. That's like, oh, we're removing comparison quality. But one, it's not just the likes that people are looking at. They're looking at the image itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, seeing people with sunglasses indoors with billowing smoke surrounding by, by a harem of hijabis. Yes, uh, yes. Apparently that tells you something about their lifestyle, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And you're comparing that to sandwiches that, that you're, there's already comparison, whether there's likes there or not. So I'm not sure the removal of the likes will do anything Two, it seems to be the most superficial of changes. Okay. We're going to remove like, if you want to make a healthier environment, why don't you crack down on things that are meant that, that violate your terms of services? There's a number of photos on there and videos on there that are deeply inflammatory that are, uh, racist that are horrific and they remain up there and people keep them up there until that person becomes a mass shooter and then suddenly their instagram account gets locked and shut down right like i i saw a video of a of a guy running over a cat yeah oh geez with his car it was posted on and i reported that thing and i uh, got back a response this video does not violate our terms and services how oh, wow I don't understand, right? It's the same thing with Twitter. Twitter somehow doesn't know, can't figure out hate speech, right? And same thing with Instagram. It's a superficial change. Instagram did it too. Oh, we're going to give you 140 or 240 words rather than 140, right? It's like make superficial changes that don't actually affect anything. And now Instagram is going to, or Twitter's thinking the same thing. Twitter's going to remove the number of retweets, likes, and comments on something. So it won't show you the number now anymore. 
Uh, and the reason they're doing this is to protect rich people from the ratio. Rich and oh, yeah. wealthy people were complaining that they were getting dunked and dragged on Twitter, having two retweets and 600 comments. And that was always the that was a, a marker, a sort of social media value of going, oh, this person's being dragged on Twitter. It's called the ratio, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're going to remove that. The only people who were getting ratioed were elites. Yeah. And so yeah. they're otherwise, they're basically changing to create a healthier environment for blue check marks, not for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it was uh, what this does, both on Instagram and on Twitter, if you remove the number component of it, and again, I'm not against it, but you've now removed the organic viral component. Yeah, yeah. You can't determine whether something is popular or not based off of likes. You now just have to take on trust that the stuff that shows up on your For You page or your timeline or is being promoted as important are important, that they did get likes, that it went viral. Instead, what it's doing is it's handing it entirely over to the algorithm and the corporations again. So they're going to determine without us even knowing whether something is popular or not or something is going to show up on our search pages or explore pages or something went viral. We have no idea. We have no idea if it organically went viral. We have no idea if the numbers are there. Uh, We'll just simply accept it because it's hidden. So there's a yeah. there's an element of them saying, oh yeah, they're helping, they're creating a healthier environment. What it sounds like is they're help creating an easier environment for elites and corporations. That's true. I guess the comparison part with likes is really, I mean, I think because it's like uh, there there was some celebrity stuff talking like Cardi B. I you know I don't know we mention her very often, but you know she talked about how yeah. you know the the comments in the section are are a bigger problem than like yeah, the right. likes don't mean anything. The, comments are really you know the, the if, if you ever scroll through a comment of some of these celebrities you're like these some of these people are fucking scumbags yes. and again you were some of that stuff gets reported and you know oh, this is not in violation of our um you know terms yeah. and services or whatnot there's a very clear understanding here that these core these are there's a very clear indication here that these big massive tech companies they just don't get it they just don't quite yeah well you so you know what people are doing now right so like in the countries that they've tested this in they uh they already fucking like people will just screenshot the amount of likes that they got and just put it on like on their story or whatnot so it's like you're not actually doing anything to stop it because people are going to still expose their likes and it's just i don't know man it's just another way for for them to try to like there's no make some fake there's no real structural change here this is a superficial change yeah it's it's not going to do anything so it's like Mm. it is what it is um i think i think we lost ali his battery died because he's an old man and doesn't know how to okay well i guess that's a wrap i'm just gonna leave it with this Diz. i've never heard of anyone shooting up a school or a mall or anything based on the likes on their fucking instagram you know yeah yeah you know it it may be maybe like but people do get a sense of self self worth when they likes like let's be real v like if you if one of your pictures like that you post gets a lot of likes you're gonna fucking be super stoked about it you know um same with me like if i post a picture and it gets a couple hundred that a couple hundred likes i'm gonna fucking love it you know yeah of course i think you know i don't think we're we're uh we're not arguing that right i think we're not arguing the idea that it doesn't make us feel good i just don't think that instagram really understand like they literally found the most minor thing in the programming and try to change it, you know, in an attempt to make this like us assuming that it's going to make some big sweeping change in the culture that it's it's created. And I just simply don't think that's the case. You know, I, I think, you you know, Ali would probably agree with me, too, if, you know, if he didn't become a ghost. Yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. But look, so 
in until next time, I'm gonna until Ali comes back next week. Um, I'm gonna take over uh his his ending duties. So if you want, you could catch us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash currently nerdy, Twitter at currently nerdy, um, Instagram at currently nerdy, Tumblr currentlynerdy.tumblr.com we're on youtube youtube.com slash currently nerdy and then we're on the itunes uh google play and stitcher and i think ali made his way back onto the call somehow um but yeah if you want to get a hold of us individually you can v how can they get a hold of you you can find me on twitter instagram at vtran214 that's v-y-t-r-a-n-214 my website the sandwich slayer.com ali you could find me. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at A-A-O-L-O-M-I. Uh, you can uh, check out my latest thread. I'm talking about the Jinn of Solomon, so check that out on my uh, website, alilomi.com, or on our sister podcast, Head on History. Diz? Yeah, well, you could find me everywhere at Dizbulla, D-I-Z-B-U-L-L-A-H. Um, also, you could find this... On the, you can find me on the Currently Nerdy Sports Podcast, which is on SoundCloud. So it's soundcloud.com slash currently nerdy. Um, I'm over there every week giving you advice on what you should do in fantasy football. Um, iTunes is still being racist, so they haven't picked me up. But until they do, SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash currently nerdy. Go check it out. For everyone here at Currently Nerdy, thank you for tuning in. And remember, stay smart, sexy nerds. All hail the Currently Nerdy Empire.